You're listening to Very Loose Women. Listeners, this is our final episode of 2017. I'm joined by my co-presenters, Leo. Hello, Leo. Hi, Soida. We've got Catherine here. Good evening. And our friend, Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. Um, what a year it's been, and you would know if you listened to myself and Leo last week. I feel that Get Lucky is an inappropriate choice for 2017, although that, like, Daft Punk is one of my favourite bands in the whole world, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I feel like 2017 was not the year of luck. No, um, <laughs> but it is relevant to today's topic. All will be revealed soon. It will be. Um, I know we said we'd be talking about vaginas this week, but we're, we're not. We're going I'm really to... sorry to let all of you down. <laughs> um, all of those people who wanted to hear about vaginas. But first show of next year will be about vaginas. So welcome to 2018 with that one. Yeah. Um, today we're going to talk about cat person. What is cat person? Now... Um, this week, the New Yorker magazine published a short story called Cat Person. Um, oh, I'm going to wreck this name, but it's by Kristen Rupenian. Um, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's gone viral. Um, it's been talked about everywhere. Can I just say it's a short story that has gone viral? It's a short story from the New Yorker, which has gone viral. It's, it's, it's a sentence that you never thought you'd hear. It's all very unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll give you a quick synopsis. Um, so a young female student meets a much older guy. They start messaging a lot. They go on a weird date. They have sex. Um, we don't know at this point that he's like way older. No, we don't know at this point. Um, I think we should implied. say if you like haven't read it yet stop listening and come back to the podcast. Never stop listening, because we don't Catherine. That's absurd advice. <laughs> because there are spoilers ahead. That's true, there are. So there if you not, maybe go and read it now. Pause it's very quick to read. And listen again. You can catch yeah. up on iTunes and ACAST next week. But read it first and then listen because we are going to ruin it for you if you haven't read it. That was an excellent podcast plug. <laughs> Please comment, rate, subscribe. <laughs> um, it was a natural segue. Well, I'm going to go back to what happened. So they have sex and she regrets it. Um, like it's really bad sex. Um, she leaves, he keeps messaging and then she kind of turns him down or she gets her friend to turn him down, which I've done many a time. Um, and then a little while later, he sees her out um, and he messages her to say, hey, like I saw you at the bar. How's it going? And she doesn't at a reply. bar that he's previously said he never goes yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Which is Important. a crucial point, Okay, I feel. Um, so he messages her um, she doesn't reply, and then the f- story ends with him messaging her whore. He calls her a whore, basically. Yeah. Like, he, he gets, gets angry. He gets yeah. angry, and it feels like he's entitled and that kind of thing. Um, and what's been so interesting is how people have reacted to this story. Um, lots of readers said it was pretty accurate portrayal of modern dating, male entitlement, um, of casual sex, the uncomfortable situation the character finds herself in with dealing with this man. Um, we've all read this story, Very Loose Women. What do we make of it? I'm going to quibble with... Um I mean, the the story itself is really nuanced, so it's quite hard to put it in, in a bit of a nutshell, but... Um, 
does she regret it? I, I don't it's I, I don't think that's clear made clear. Yeah. I agree with you, Pinch. And yeah. what makes it really interesting for me um is partly the reaction to it and the fact it's gone um, you know, so viral or whatever you want to call it, but the fact that it's it's become really popular and people really are talking about it a lot. Lots of my female friends have kind of started big WhatsApp discussions about it. And for me the interesting thing is that loads of people have said to me that what they found um spoke to them from it was this idea of sometimes you just have sex and you realize maybe halfway through or just before you do it or afterwards actually you're not really sure if you want to be in this situation and it's not so much it's not a consent issue it's more that you aren't sure how you feel about the person that intimacy maybe isn't there you know you've you've been on a few dates but you don't necessarily know anything about Mm -hmm. them and your mind is really in two places but there are all sorts of reasons why you might might carry on with it and sometimes in those situations you can go from finding someone the most interesting hottest guy out there or girl out there and then within two seconds because you don't know them at all necessarily that just flips and you're suddenly instantly disgusted by the whole thing and that process of sex just isn't either really good or really bad it's in these various in-between zones is something that doesn't necessarily get kind of talked about a lot and what my main takeaway is that a lot of my friends have said they've had casual sex it's not been awful it's not been great but they're not really sure whether it's okay to feel like that and Mm. to feel like they didn't really know whether they wanted to do that or not and Mm. why they're doing it I think the way the sex is described in that story is like it makes it feel very repulsive that you don't want that to happen like I think at one point a kiss is described as a slug like it's like it, none, none of it sounds very pleasant and I think that that's that there's there's a sort of like oh this person's really amazing and then you actually have the physical contact and then like you just kind of shut down somewhere because it's not what you expected and I think that like usually when writers write sex I feel a lot of the time it's because they want to turn the reader on in some way or like, they want to play on that did you there's <laughs> Did you read um, what Morrissey when Morrissey wrote a sex scene, and oh it was no, the I worst? <laughs> I think he got an award for like the worst sex scene that's ever been written, and it was yeah. like her breasts slapped against each other. Yeah. And it was just <laughs> but I, I kind of appreciated that about the story that sex isn't always like, oh, juices. That's disgusting. There's one I'm sorry, image, I just made it worse. There's one image in the show of his. When his belly, when it's out and it's hairy yeah. and it's kind of like, and I just so identify with that because I remember just seeing a guy's like loose belly, quite hairy at points when we've been just about to have sex, and I'm like, oh god, I don't want to do this anymore. It's the expectation versus reality, and mm. there is a bit in the story where she talks about how she she kind of imagines running through what she expects and it's almost like she's watching herself in a film um, performing and she's thinking about how she and her future imaginary kind of boyfriend would critique the whole thing and she's thinking, mm. I can't believe he's doing this and it's all very displaced and, you know, we get that because maybe our first interactions with sexuality are watching other people and it can be quite a performative thing. You know, if you if you never if you've not had much sex, suddenly it's like, okay, well I've seen in films that I just sit on top and I just start screaming and do like mm. uh, something about it's Mary. So true. And people can act like that, but she's disassociating from that and kind of going, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing, like why am I here? Look at this belly or whatever. I the mean, one, I don't think hairy belly I think just that, just as a caveat, like hairy bellies aren't an issue. No, I think no, the issue no. with this story I've got one. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I've liked a hairy belly in the past. There we go. But I, yeah, no, that but that is a point that um, draws attention in the Twitterverse because mm. um, 
people who have critiqued the story and everyone has critiqued it it seems but um people accuse that those particular few sentences of fat shaming which i don't think is particularly explicit that's not something that i drew away from it like no. it did when i read it the first time i didn't that didn't occur to me that it was fat shaming but in hindsight with people saying that i was like oh maybe maybe it was that's a fair point that's mm. fair one of the things I found really interesting was um, the fact that it, throughout the whole thing, she keeps imagining the experience from a, from a male perspective. Mm. So she, she imagines what he's thinking of her and thinking of her as really young and attractive and beautiful. And also she has, whenever she's thinking about it being funny, she's imagining it from the perspective of this future boyfriend. So it's always like validating her own opinions like through this other man basically which i thought mm. was quite interesting there's also um like kind of looking at the twitter reaction um all the way through she you know she's she's the main character you're kind of seeing things from her viewpoint but she's not necessarily sympathetic you're meant to empathize with her but sometimes yeah she seems quite narcissistic or uh, maybe a little bit cruel when she mm. could be nicer and that seems to have caused a lot of issues you see, on twitter I... especially I've noticed because there's an, a Twitter account like men reacts to mm. cat person um, and like all of these men who say that, you know, she's not a very likable character. I really like her. And I don't know if that's because I see a lot of myself in her. Like when she... It's also not the point. Well, yeah. But when she asks her friend to like, oh, what do I, how do I tell him to leave me alone? Um, and her friend basically writes the message for her. Um, like... I was like, well, you know, why can't she say in the message, oh, I don't want to talk to you, stop messaging me. Like, I think that's fair. And I don't think that the yeah, character should be chastised Like, for as that. a 20-year-old, I think, you're not used to sending that message. So, like, the I'm sure the first time that you say, I don't want to see you again, it's quite stressful. I mean, and, yeah. and all the subsequent times, but yeah. particularly the first one. And I think always, like, whenever I've had to reject someone which isn't often um, but whenever <laughs> I have to reject people my mum always says this thing where it's like well think of when you're sending a message think of the person at the other end because what if a girl sent your brother that message but that, that hits on a key point I think because she's constantly thinking of the person on the other end she's mm. constantly thinking of the man which is why her mate Tamara has to spend, send the message to say I don't want to see your face again but um, throughout the story something that's been picked up on a lot is the the woman in the story, Margot, who's constantly taking into account the feelings of the man. Mm. And you don't really hear the man's perspective. This is something that our male friend who uh, replied to Catherine's comment on Facebook to give some input. Um, he was like, you don't really hear from the man. And that's a fair point. You don't. And it's, I think you've heard from men for 2000 years now and it's fine. We can probably maybe hear from some women. And I think that that's an interesting point that, that one, that it's a little bit surprising to hear from the woman that like goes viral. Um, but then also that the, that the women's perspective is unbalanced. I think that that, and that, and that she is constantly catering to the man's, mm. to the man's uh, fragile ego, which I guess. Of, of saying, is he going to be upset? Even though he's like a good 25, well, no, actually, <laughs> very like literally 10, 15 years old. I think he's like 33 or something. Yeah, 36. He? 36. But it's also the fear because she's always thinking, you know, when he starts driving her, the worst case scenario that she's planning for isn't just rejection, which is presumably what he thinks. You know, he doesn't want to be humiliated. He doesn't want to be hurt. But she's thinking, I'm in his car. 
oh my god, oh my god, what if he just drives off somewhere mm. and tries to kill me? That's always the backdrop. Like, yeah. well, maybe not always, but it's usually the backdrop if you're, you know, a woman in that kind of situation with a guy. There's always going to be some kind of, um, you know, pe- like health and safety, like the, a fear of yourself and the knowledge that things like sexual assault and domestic violence you know that those things do happen to people and you're taught don't get in cars with strangers don't you know spend time with guys that you don't know without telling your friends exactly where you are and that power dynamic comes through a lot in the story Mm. because she's kind of balancing I want to be straight with him but I don't want to anger him and have him come back after me and she's kind of she's got that fear factor which I really empathize with you know always like whenever I'm I don't you know I'm in a relationship now but when I used to use tinder and things like that it's always that thing where the you just go to the worst case scenario of what if they are like a serial stalker what if I see them around what if they get really angry and you my know. friend's on a tinder date right now and she just texted me saying uh, in case like in case I need you later here's where I am like in case there's an sos moment and Does, I don't think guys have to do that. Is this f- quite fitting then with um, kind of the hashtag Me Too, with what's going on now currently with sexual harassment and assault against women, um, where women's places in kind of society um, and unequal treatment of women? Our man friend um, who commented on this, who I mentioned earlier, he's called Jack. Um, he was fine with me mentioning who he was on air. Um, but he uh, he said that it was actually kind of like, uh, taking advantage of this to promote a story which I think is like maybe a bit cynical for a short story in the New Yorker because they're not exactly like oh look at all the cash here oh he I, thinks they kn- knew what they were doing and they yeah. thought this will be something that will but I did I, 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 I did I read know. that they decided to they've had this story for a couple of weeks and they decided that now was the best time to publish it I did oh, read weeks that. is surprising because yeah. I don't see the difference between this week and two weeks ago no I mean that's what I read yeah in the news well I mean that's <laughs> sure maybe they needed to edit some things i don't think that it i I mean there's been a lot of um debate about this but i don't think it really portrays her massively as a victim like purely as a victim as a kind of me too victim Mm. there's definitely a side like i i kind of felt quite negative negatively about the fact that she was kind of pretending she was pretending something to him and not, and that, that wasn't really true to who she was. Well, that she fancied him. Yeah, basically. And Aww. I think that was one of the things that my boyfriend found. Like, after he read it, he was like, um, oh, God, like, I hope that no girl has ever done that to me. And I think that's what's so unsettling for men, is that women can be, in a way, quite false. There, no, oh. there, that was explained, I thought, really well, because there is something that I can relate to a little bit shamefully, perhaps, of, like someone else fancying you and finding that really attractive mm. like rather than fancying them which oh is the genuine God, thing to do <laughs> but then like <laughs> well, it's, it's like it's it's something that I definitely hadn't read a lot like that specific feeling that you know the sort of narcissism of of that and I think that the story does that really well and that's something maybe that men don't think about with regards to it, maybe they have that themselves. I don't know, Patrick, the engineer, maybe that's something that you've had. Um, but but it's something that I feel is like, it's something I can't say as a man, but as a woman is something that I felt where you see things reflected in and you're like, oh, wow, this is something. But the point the story raises that I think is really interesting is that you're really aware that she 
is getting off on it. There's a bit of a narcissistic streak to her. She wants to be fancy, like she likes that. But it's not clear whether how aware he is of that and whether he's using that to his advantage because of the age dynamic. You know, he's a lot older. He probably, you know, you could you could extrapolate a whole backstory on him where where he thinks, okay, really naive young girl, probably not as sexually experienced, she'll be really flattered because I'm loads older. I'll pretend that I think she's older than she is. I'll mm. say what she wants. And they don't really add that on. You're never quite sure whether he is this kind of quite sad figure who actually does really like her or whether he's actually quite predatory. Mm. And that's really unambiguous until the end when he... Um, you know, is is very um, cruel and very misogynistic, but it's not clear whether that is just him saying something nasty because he's hurt in a deep place or whether actually he is just that nasty guy. And that, to me, makes it interesting because, you know, they don't kind of portray him in a really obvious fashion. But there is that kind of contrast where she builds him up as this kind of teddy bear almost, where he kind of is looking after her, kisses her on the forehead, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's sending her these sweet messages like, oh, you look really nice. And then right at the end, when he doesn't get what she, he wants, he's like, well, you're a whore then. Which is, I think, what a lot of women get online when um, they choose not to message someone and then they're like, oh, you're a bitch or oh, you're this or you're that. Mm. Because the woman won't give them that attention. It's uh, quite a, a violent way to feedback to someone mm. but I've been in a situation um, where and it's been women and women so it's less you don't have the gender complications but where someone's been like over five years older than me and I've been like that's I'm just not comfortable with that because I just I guess because I think I know how to behave a bit more um, to get what I want and they might not be as aware of that and I'm not comfortable with someone not being at the same place as me so and you were five years older. Yeah, the person yeah, older. and 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 I just feel that not being aware of an age gap like that is taking advantage. Yeah, that's true. Like I, even without gender, mm. you know, I and I don't think that that's unless like you can't feel that anyone that much younger, but anyone generally owes you anything sexually ever, and I feel like that's something that um, underlines the whole story. Mm. It, I suppose it also it comes down to what have you ever been in a situation where you suddenly realize that you know you're, you're kind of getting getting it on with someone you're in bed you've got to that point and then suddenly you just go actually I just I just don't fancy them and do you, you just, feel like you can stop no. or do you carry on just like, go just I've so many times I think that's been so many women's reaction it's just I've been halfway through and you're like there's li- it's just not worth it it's not worth the whole rigmarole of having to get out of it make them like get into this really uncomfortable situation I'll just lie there and wait till but it's over do you oh, feel <laughs> just sounds so right. awful but do you feel like it's a big deal because the other thing I that I think is interesting about it is that we are brought up often at school in the way that people kind of talk about sex is to big up as, you know, only do it for the first time as someone you really love and it is a big deal. And then you get older and you're meant to suddenly switch into everyone loves having casual sex. And actually, if you're, you know, quite young and you're not used to it, it can seem like it's a really big deal. And maybe it's the pressure of that that makes it feel like you shouldn't be kind of just experimenting and it doesn't matter if you don't like it and you can stop mm. um, and that actually it's it shouldn't be this kind of traumatic thing and you know I, I feel like that's a very difficult thing to navigate when you've when you've not had many sexual experiences when you're younger that you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's not a, it's not a yeah. big deal yeah, I've been true. in one situation 
of a one night stand. I think I've only ever had like of someone I've sort of met once and then slept with them. That's happened to me once, and it's it's like quite it's a well rare given that it's only happened once. And in that situation, it was a woman, and I did feel really uncomfortable. I started shaking because I'm not used to one night stands, and I did to say like no I'm gonna go have a hot shower and then I was like I can't sleep I'm gonna leave now and I just left at two o'clock in the morning and I left my I the shower sock. before you left yeah. <laughs> it's like halfway house to getting out of the situation well because I thought if I warmed up a bit I'd relax and I didn't so I was like clearly there's a problem here <laughs> but he- heat is very important for me <laughs> and so but the thing is in that circumstance I left my wallet in her house your wallet or your sock my wallet and my sock and I had to go back well because I was like the sock doesn't matter I'll just leave without the sock and then I I like went to the bus stop and I was like I actually can't get on this bus now um (laughs) I I don't have a contact list on my phone and that didn't exist then so um so I had to go back buzz wake her up she brought down oh my God. wallet and my sock <laughs> which I just asked for in the occasion because I had my phone might as well get my sock back and then said bye yeah it was it was it was it was really awkward but I but my body was physically saying like no this can't mm. happen so I actually didn't like I guess in that circumstance I didn't have a much like much of a choice to go throughout like through it out of politeness if you see what I mean it was like I just was just like okay bye mm. what about you Soila? What have I ever had an experience like this? I'm not so much about leaving your sock somewhere, <laughs> but would you do you feel like you could you would be happy to say, actually I just don't I, I feel just like don't now want to do this. I would. Um maybe not even like a year ago. Um like I went on this I mentioned it before, this the worst date I've ever been on where he just pulled up his laptop. And at that point I was like What what's why? Can you please explain this? <laughs> we were in a we went to a pub. And he was talking about something and then he was like, oh, and then just got his laptop out. Not and after, oh, explain it. <laughs> but, Wait, but as like to, oh. to show something. To no, <laughs> to, do, to do something on it. I was just sat there quiet, stunned, like, oh my God. And I remember ringing my friend, my best friend after, like, what just happened? Um, but I think this was at some point this year, earlier, like this was January, February. Um, and even then, I think I look back on it and I think I should have left when he did that, but I didn't. I was there for another, I think another two hours or was something. Was he seeing it like a job interview and he was taking notes? Like, yeah, she really likes you know the Brontes. <laughs> I'll just not jot that down. <laughs> I really hope not. Do you really like the Brontes? Is the question we're all asking. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad you managed to jot that down in time. But um, I hope I would hope that now, if I was ever in a position where it's more like um, Margot is that's her name, yeah. um, where I was faced with this person who I really, really just decided that I didn't want to have sex with him um, or her, um, that I would turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to go now. I'm really sorry. We actually have run out of time. Have we? Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I so. should know that. <laughs> um, Okay, well, that's it from us. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us this year, listeners. Um, we'll be back again in the new year to talk about vaginas. Um, the Vagina Museum. Yeah. Um, a, a science comedian is coming on on the 3rd. What have we got on the 10th? We've already got... When, oh, the 10th we've got... It won't be the 3rd. It won't be the 3rd. Oh, because the station is closed. <laughs> yeah. Is that correct? Oh, okay. I take it all back. Um, but we will be talking about vaginas. We'll be talking about... Um, Japan. Japan. We'll be talking about gay magazines and comics and all sorts of stuff. Which is... Um, you follow us on Twitter at VLW 
LW Radio on Facebook. As ever, we are Very Loose Women. You can listen to episodes from this year and years before it on acast.com forward slash Very Loose Women. I have been Soyla. Thank you, Leo. I remain Leo. Um, just to say, oh, um, God. it's really helpful um, if you comment on our review page on, on iTunes. I'll just add yeah, that in. Yeah, that's great. to us. Um, Thank you very much, Leo. Oh, thank you, Soyla. Thank You've you, been Catherine. Great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> He's waved. Um, from us um, to you, have a wonderful Christmas and a very loose New Year. <laughs> slick, slick. <laughs> What's the song? See you next year. It's Sparks by Amateur Hour. Oh,